Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Ipana for the smile of beauty and Sal Hepatica for the smile of health present It's Time to Smile! With Eddie Cantor! Time to smile, where's that grin? Put a dimple in your chin. Better times are coming, things are humming. Time to smile. What the world is after now is a lot of laughter now. There's no room for gloom, for gloom is out of style. And it's time, 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 time to smile. And here he is, Eddie Cantor. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to thank you too, Harry Von Zell, for being so kind to come here, even though we're not on the air tonight. And Harry has got to go now and make... Uh, uh, the comments for some newsreels, so I think we ought to let him go and give him a hand for his effort. Good night, Harry. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is not being broadcast tonight. Uh, certain gentlemen from Washington decided that they would take over all of the networks tonight, and so that puts me out of a job, but next week I'm going to the White House, and so I will take his place for... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you don't think I could do it, huh? Say, so you bring up five girls, you can do anything, I'll tell you. Um, and, and ladies and gentlemen, of course, I, I shouldn't feel as happy, I shouldn't feel as jolly tonight as, as, as I'm feeling because of an incident would happen uh, uh, coming out of the elevator here not, not 15, 20 minutes ago. I was coming out of a, a little boy with his mother. They, they, they were going down. Oh, we just bumped in. And the kid said to me, he said, uh, Mr. Kent, would you mind giving me uh, your, or, your, your autograph here? I said, sure, what a pencil and autograph. He turned to his mother and said, Mama, you owe me a quarter. I told you you can write. Well, that's no good, you know? <laughs> and of course, I've had, I had things like that happen to me all the time. For instance, uh, this afternoon, we had a little rehearsal here with the orchestra for some songs we're going to do tonight. I went over to uh, do a little shopping at one of the department stores. I'm not permitted to mention the name of the store, of course. We get nothing from them. And <laughs> besides, why should I get uh, all the other stores sore at sacks, you know? <laughs> So, uh, I was in the took some toys for some uh, grandchildren, which I have in California now, and, uh, and uh, standing in the, in the toy department, a girl was wrapping up my packages, and there was a, a woman with a little uh, kid in her arms. Oh, a kid couldn't have been over two years old, I she carried him around, and he kept staring at me. <laughs> if you see anything funny in the paper that we got, let me know, will you? <laughs> Hey, Republican, get out. I know he's a Republican because he's in the back of a big corporation. Go ahead, will you? <laughs> no, but he's all right. This is, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet uh, Jack. Jack, I want you to take a bow, Jack. This is, this is probably the most versatile actor in all of radio. He plays all the parts. Anything you want, from a wardrobe trunk to a little girl, Jack Smart. Come on, Jack. Take a bow. You have a little cold, you want to, he's got a little cold too, so you're saving yourself some time. You can go yeah. home and go to bed. Good night. Good night, good night, Jack. That's how we get rid of all the actors, you know what I mean? Somebody says good night to me, I'll leave myself. 
Well, anyway, I was in this toy department, ladies and gentlemen, and this little kid, this little kid in his mother's arms kept staring at me like this, you know? And, of course, I stared right back at him, like that. <laughs> After all, I've got something to stare with, you know? <laughs> Finally, curiosity got the best of me, poked his finger in my eye, I let out a yell, you could have heard me in Cleveland. Kid turned to his mother and said, Mama, buy me that Popeye, it squeaks. <clears throat> And going out, going out, going out of Saks Fifth Avenue, you know, they have those revolving doors, and uh, there was a, a lady there, oh, quite well-dressed, I guess she didn't want to wait for packages. She had all the bundles in her arm, but she said, Sonny, would you mind pushing the door? Me, Sonny. <laughs> I don't know what this, maybe it's this new two-way stretch I'm wearing or something. <laughs> Gives me this, I, I looked at her, I said, Sonny, I said, Madam, I'd like to have you know I'm the father of five daughters. She said, will you repeat that? I said, not if I can help it. Ha <laughs> ha. It's always good. You can tell it a thousand times. Anyway, now, now we actually, ladies and gentlemen, you can laugh. You can have, remember, this is for nothing, for heaven's sakes. Uh, now we're actually going to start our show. I think we should start our show with a lovely lady. One of the finest singers of songs we have in all of radio today. I think she's destined to become the greatest singer in radio. Fine future. Miss Dinah Shaw. Come out, Dinah. Dinah, do you like this little dress, ladies and gentlemen? I want to tell you, when Dinah came to us four weeks ago, I, give my, I, I, I don't think you'll feel badly about my saying so, Dinah. Oh, I'm very proud of it. Mr. Of course. It's, I, I, I hope you would of be. You. She, she had a brown dress. It wasn't frayed. There was not very much to it. And I looked and I said, Dinah, you know, you meet a lot of people while the radio, I mean, you, you haven't got sight, but there's 1,300 to 1,400 people at these broadcasts, and you ought to have a nice dress. She said, well, Miss Ken, I, I can't afford it. And, so I told her how she could get a new dress. Uh, I said, if you'll go home, if you'll go home, uh, uh, just bring me your measurements. And she did. She brought me her measurements. And ladies and gentlemen, I give you my word. You wouldn't believe this. I sewed every stitch of this dress myself. <laughs> of course, there are certain parts of it. Look, I'll tell you what we do. Look. She has a number which she introduced on our first broadcast four weeks ago called Yes, My Darling Daughter. Do you remember that? Would you like to hear it? And before we start, I think you should meet the conductor of our orchestra, young Bobby Sherwood of Kokomo, Indiana. This is a kind of a romance between these two. She can never get a quarter away from more right now. Yes, my darling daughter. I've got to be good or mama will scold me yes 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 i asked her and this is what she told me yes 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 mother may i go out dancing yes my darling daughter Mother, may I try romancing? Yes, my darling daughter. What if there's a moon, Mama, darling, and it's shining on the water? Mother, must I keep on dancing? Yes, my darling daughter. If he'll propose, Mama, darling, when the night is growing shorter, Mother, what should be my answer? Yes, my darling daughter. Oh, Mama. Oh, Mama. Oh, Mama. What if he should insist? 
face Mama, how can I keep him in his place If his manner becomes a shade improper Tell him that your heart belongs to Papa Mother, will it be exciting? Yes, my darling daughter, this is you. Mother, do I look inviting? Yes, my darling daughter. That's my <laughs> If he holds me tight, Mama, darling, and my knees just turn to water, Mother, must I keep on dancing? Yes, my darling daughter. What if he'll persist, Mama, darling, doing things he hadn't Mother, what should be my answer? Yes and no, my daughter. Dinah's going to stay. She's going to sing again. Dinah was very cute, and it's good. I mean, your memory, I didn't think you'd remember it without the paper. You know, you know these broadcasts, I remember we have a whole script, and we read, of course, tonight, everybody's throwing their script away. Uh, and from what I know about the script, it's a good thing. You know, <laughs> uh, at the rehearsal here today, Di Dinah said, uh, Mr. Cannon, what are you doing? She calls me Mr. Cannon. I mean, after a while, of course, we'll get a little more, uh, that's how it started with Ida, you know. She said, she said, Mr. Cannon, what are you doing this afternoon after rehearsal? I said, nothing at all. She said, would you like to go over to Paramount? And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we did go over there. One of the finest pictures I've ever seen. Arise, my love. Have you seen it? Oh, I want to tell you. That's all who saw it? How can they do such a big business in variety? Well, anyway, you must see the picture. We went over there, and we had that Claudette Colbert. There are two women that I'm, three women that I'm crazy about on the screen. With two, you'll agree. With the third one, you probably won't agree. But, I mean, that, that's, I, I like her, you know? Uh, I, I love Betty Davis, and I love Claudette Colbert, and I've got kind of a secret yen for the Dorothy Limbaugh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Without a sarong, my love would never... And I'll tell you one thing about her. I have seen her in, in every picture she made, and in two pictures I went to see about 11 times. 11? You know Hurricane? Seven times for Hurricane, and four times for the other picture with that surround. They had such windstorms, I figure once, maybe, but nothing that goes right, nothing. Goes right on, just as calm, just as serene. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have Bobby Sherwood and the orchestra uh, do an arrangement that Bobby Sherwood made himself. Besides being a very youthful conductor, he's one of the finest arrangers we have in the whole a radio world, and it, it's only a minute, it's really a minute, you can count on a clock, minute and 35 seconds of Blueberry Hill. Blueberry Hill.
Very nice. That's a good hot arrangement, Bobby. You know, uh, last week that Bobby had to leave early on Wednesday for that conscription business, you know. And I went with him. He said, come along with me. I said, no, they're liable to take me. I'm a kid, you know. <laughs> and uh, I saw what he told them. Oh, gosh, I don't know how he tried to get out. Ask him if he had any dependents. He says, yes, two bookmakers, six pinball machines, and a Buick. How do you like that? <laughs> That's his dependents. But I want to tell you one thing about this Bobby Sherwood. You know, in all the years we've been around bands and everything, I've had Rubinoff, you know, for how many years I had Rubinoff. And by the way, he's out now learning to play the violin. He's coming back, you know. <laughs> this Bobby, never have I met a man in my life who is as tight as this Sherwood. Oh, how he hates to spend that you. A young boy, I said, be liberal, give it out, it'll come back to you. For instance, we had, we had a rehearsal on Monday for our script, you know, and it got to be about one o'clock. I said, Bobby, have a little lunch? He said, don't mind if I do. That's what he said, don't mind if I do. You know, so I had lunch, because I took the check, you know, Monday. And uh, Monday night we had dinner together. I grabbed the check again. <laughs> Last night, again dinner. Never remove, take the check. <laughs> Today after rehearsal, went downstairs here to the drugstore. Drug, well, how much can you spend the drug? You know what I mean. Cup of coffee, a sandwich. Shake it lay between us. We wait. I don't touch it. He doesn't touch it. A deadlock, you know? <laughs> Finally, I start to grab a check. I said, I said, please, Bob. He said, no, no, no. He says, no. He says, four days in session. He says, today, let's toss for it. How do you like a man like that? <laughs> Would you believe that? <laughs> I think I'd like to sing a song. Shall I sing a song? I a song that I did on the air last week as a revival. We had a little situation in our show, but I first introduced it about a year ago on the radio. It's called Ladies in Love with You. Let's have it. All right. Here we go. If there's a gleam in her eye, each time she straightens your tie, you'll know the lady's in love with you. And if she'll dress for a date without that waiting you hate, well, then the lady's in love with you. And when your friends ask you over to join their table But she picks a faraway booth for two Well, sir, here's just how it stands You've got romance on your hands Because the lady's in love The lady's in love Because potatoes are cheaper Tomatoes are cheaper Now's the time to fall in love why, the butcher, the baker, the old candlestick maker Gave their price a downward shove And Sunday night when you take her to see that movie And she says the balcony seats will do Well, sir, here's just how it stands You've got romance on your hand Because the lady's in love with you Thank you. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, if we were broadcasting now, it would be 9.15 here, but 6.15 on the coast. And of course, next week when we broadcast, we have two broadcasts, it gets to be, at this hour, it'd be 9.15, but you can figure out the time for yourself. If you happen to be out of town, they you can... They got watch and tell you the time, huh? Mr. Guffey, of How all the like people... How do you come? Fine thing. 
They got to go out and buy a watch and tell Tucci, no, you wouldn't buy a watch for yourself, nobody, huh? No, money Why don't you carry a watch? Big man. Yeah, what, what's your... Don't carry a watch, huh? No, listen. I make a little bulge no, no, in wait, your suit. Wait, no, wait a minute. There comes a time, comes a time when a man feels he just doesn't want to carry a watch with him, that's all. Why don't you say it? I'm a pickpocket. No, I didn't say you're... Did I say you're a pickpocket? Tell him I'm a crook. I'd steal a watch. Go no, on, I, call me a no, crook. I won't, no. You're not a crook. You're not a thief. You're not, you never stole anything in your whole life. Oh, I spent five years in Sing Sing for nothing, huh? <laughs> Did I know you were in Sing Sing? Oh, you knew I was innocent. Now oh. you're letting on that I actually shot the cashier and that... Oh, I shot a man, huh? Go on, start a rumor. <laughs> Tell the people I shot a guy. I haven't opened my puss. What are you talking about? <laughs> you did not... I'll take a note. You did not shoot the man. Hmm, I missed him, huh? <laughs> I can't shoot straight. Who said you could... Fine thing. It's bad enough Gu I gotta... Guffy, will you do me a favor? Look, don't bother me. We're not on the air now. There are other people on the networks... Uh, Other people. Maybe, maybe there's political speeches. Do you want to go and bother them? Fine go thing. Ahead. You want me to go aggravate the president, huh? Nobody. No. Poor man isn't having a no, tough no, enough time. I, don't aggravate. Will you do me a favor? Stay away from Mr. Roosevelt? What's wrong with Roosevelt? Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> a Chukokta Democrat. Look, wait, wait. Nothing. Nothing is wrong with Mr. Ro Mr. Roosevelt is all right. Oh, Mrs. Roosevelt isn't, huh? Did I say she isn't? I like Mrs. Rose. I, I lo I'm crazy. I love Mrs. Rose. Fine thing. Married man with five kids. Crazy oh, about the president's wife. Why do you take me literally? Oh, Why I, do you... I got to take you, huh? He gets all the money and I got to take him. Oh, no, you're, you're taking me literally. I mean, I like... I'm an ardent follower. I'm a great follower of Mrs. Roosevelt. And you don't get all worn out changing trains every day, huh? Who mentioned... Did, did I mention trains? Oh, I wouldn't mention trains. Why should I... Oh, don't talk about the trains. Forget... Who? No railroads. Who said... Sure, stop the trains. Who? No more trains. How do you like that guy? What? My poor brother, after four years, he finally got a little job. A brakeman on the railroad. Now Cantor wants to throw him out of work. <laughs> Who wants to throw the man out of work? I don't... I hope he works 365 days in the year. Shouldn't even have one day off, huh? <laughs> Let him take the time off. Look at Thanksgiving Day is coming along. Let him take off Thanksgiving. The only day he gets double overtime, he lays them off. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think want railroad? To... Just because the I, railroad. Look at, if I he am, wasn't I, a railroad. I'm, I'm, I'm not against railroads. Guffy, pl don't aggravate. Please don't aggravate me, Guffy. I like trains. Every chance I get in the world, I ride on nothing but trains sure. all the time. You want to put the buses out of business? <laughs> It's a little trick. What buses? In California, my kids go to school every morning by bus. Who cheap to buy an automobile? Wait huh? a minute, who's cheap? <laughs> How would you like? I'm not bragging. I happen to have four automobiles. I got a Chrysler and a Buick and a Cadillac and a LaSalle. Sure. What do you care if Ford starves? <laughs> Ford won't starve. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Look at, him. Look at those eyes. Millions and millions. Look at How one millionaire can be jealous of another. <laughs> I am... <laughs> haven't got to eat, huh? I am not jealous of Mr. Ford. <laughs> Mr. Ford has got nothing that I want. Nothing. I've got nothing that I want. Nothing you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's got a boy. <laughs> so what? So I happen to have a grandson. How do you like... Oh. I've got a grandson. You've How got you... a grandson? Yes. Even that you had to get by remote control. Go away! Go ahead! Anybody got any bicarbonate of soda? What's the matter with salopatica? Go ahead! What's the matter with salopatica? 
And I don't want you people to think, ladies and gentlemen, that just because you're the guests here tonight of Bristol-Myers, that the minute this show is over, you run right out and buy Ipana toothpaste and I say, you don't have to do that. I mean, you really don't have to. Because let's, let's figure out what would happen if you all made up your minds that the minute this is over, you're going to buy some. There's a drugstore on the corner of 50th Street and 6th Avenue. There are 1,300 people here. Everybody rushes in there. The clerk, he's been there since 9 o'clock in the morning. He is tired out. You all come in, you want... He becomes confused. He makes the wrong change. Promise me you won't buy it tonight, will you? And you have heard Harry Von Zell speak about the great virtues of Ipana toothpaste. And it, it's true. You don't have to take literally everything he said because let's not kid ourselves. We're all grown-ups here. All toothpaste are all right. All toothpaste. Ours happens to be a little bit better. <laughs> and how much better do you think it... How much better do you think it is? What do you think would happen if you didn't use Ipana? If you used some other toothpaste? Nothing much. In about three months, your whole jaw gets twisted like that. <laughs> and everybody looks like the Rich Brothers, you know. That's all. Uh, Bobby, have you got that, that Stardust thing? Here is, a, here, is a new, here is a new arrangement, ladies and gentlemen, that Bobby has made. And with the assistance of Edgar Fairchild and his giggle. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet one of the finest composers, probably the greatest pianist in radio, my very good friend, Edgar Fairchild. Edgar, come out here. The number that perennial favorite, Stardust.
<laughs> the union makes you do that now, you know. <laughs> Two numbers, they get five minutes. <laughs> now, now, ladies, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to have Dinah. I'd like to have Dinah do a number which she would have done tonight had we been on the air. Not being on the air, she'll do it just the same. Called Down in Argentina Way. You want to play Down in Argentina Way? And she does this really. Keep the music very soft, boys, so they can hear it now. We're not on the air. Keep it very soft. <laughs> Underneath the pampas moon When you sing a happy tune And you kiss your case goodbye You'll find your life will begin The very moment you're in Argentina If you're romantic, senor, then you will surely adore Argentina You'll be as gay as can be if you will learn to see see like a Latin For Mr. Sure as you learn then you will never return to Manhattan When you hear Yote Amor You'll steal a kiss and then If she should say manana it's just to let you know you're gonna meet again Now that an old castanet that you will never forget Argentina Where there are rumbas and tangos to tickle your spine Moonlight and music and orchids and wine You'll want to stay down Argentina way When you hear Yore Amo You'll steal a kiss and then and then and then and then Manana, it's just to let you know that you're gonna meet again I'll bet an old castanet that you will never forget Argentina Where there are rumbas and tangos to tickle your spine Moonlight and music and orchids and wine You'll want to stay down Argentina just be about getting off. Look how quickly a half hour passed, you know? It's really very nice because you're pleasant company. That's what does it. You really have been very nice here, ladies and gentlemen. But we're going to stay here just as long as you will. We're really in no hurry to go. I really mean that, you know? Because at midnight, we have to come back and do this again. <laughs> we really have to because we give out two sets of tickets, one at 9 o'clock for the Eastern broadcast, which goes up to about Denver, and then at 12 o'clock midnight from Colorado up and down the West Coast. So I think it's one of the nicest things I can ever remember anyone doing. A and, and that is Bristol Myers uh, calling me on the phone on Monday and saying that inasmuch as the president is going to take up our time, uh, 
we ought to give some kind of a show here in the, in the studio because a lot of w people will be coming from Jersey and from Brooklyn and from the Bronx, from all places, really. And, and, and we should not say, as other people might say, says, uh, no show, uh, you know. <laughs> I think it's very nice. I think it's very nice. <laughs> Don't you really? <clears throat> Now, you don't have to rush right out to buy Ipana and Salapatica for that. <laughs> you really don't have to, because we got boys coming up and selling it right here now. In the <laughs> in the <clears throat> you know, I spoke to Rudy Valley on the phone at 6 o'clock this evening. Uh, he's in California. He sent me a song that he wanted me to do on the air next Wednesday. I was going to do it tonight. And a certain parts of the song I want changed. He's working out with several boys. And... Uh, I, I said to Rudy, I said, you know, I'm not going to be on the air. He said, what? Are you sick? You know, because the last time I was sick, last time I was off the air, rather, it was a night I was terribly sick. I don't know whether you remember, the year before last. It was the first night I ever missed on radio uh, because of illness. And Rudy Valley took my place that night. He's the only fellow I could call on. And, uh, you know, he's very nice. A lot of people say, oh, that Rudy Valley, he's snob, he's stuck up. He wants to fight all the time. He... <laughs> He, he's, not, he's not offensive. He's always on the defensive. Somebody makes a remark, you know, he's a sissy or something, you know, and, oh, you should see the guy. I mean, really, he fights, you know. He gives out, oh, gives out a good thing, you know, bing. <laughs> <You've>, <clears throat> he's really a swing singer. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and, oh, you should see him. I, I, I used to go with him to the Roseville Hotel here. They have a little gymnasium, health club, you know. I, and you should see the guy, really... I, I, very deceiving. Got a lovely chest. <laughs> lovely chest. Uh, tattooed. <laughs> you should see what he's got. Hedy Lamar in Technicolor. The whole business here. <laughs> and I said to Rudy Valley, I said, I never knew Hedy Lamar had a dimple. He said, this dimple was there before Hedy Lamar. He really had a... Whole, <laughs> and, lady, don't explain it to him. He'll know. He'll know. But he's a very nice fellow. This, this, this time when I was sick, ladies and gentlemen, I've told this to many people, but it's really true. The time I was sick, uh, uh, the doctors didn't know what was, what was actually wrong with me. They didn't know what was really wrong with me. Because nowadays there are no doctors. They're all specialists, you know. <laughs> you go to, to a doctor, you know, you say, Doctor, my eye hurts something with my eye. He says, what eye? So my left eye says, I'm sorry, I'm a right eye specialist. You got to go right. Oh, yeah. Two so... This doctor that I have, one of the finest doctors, uh, not only in New York, in this country, Joseph Diamond, he's 16 East 83rd Street. Uh, tell him I sent you because at the end of the month I get whoever is sick. So he sent up a girl from his laboratory to take a blood test. I mean, they, you know what they do, they give you a little jab with a thing and then put it on a paper from your finger, you know? And they couldn't make it out. They, my, so the next day, again, she went. They went through all my fingers, finally went to below such blood that they took from... I think she was keeping an anemic friend somewhere, you know? <laughs> and uh, I found out later she was selling it to Skinny Ennis, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so finally came the day, came the day of the broadcast, and I, I tell you something, I, I felt heartbroken. It was the first time in eight years that I, I missed a show. I said, Doctor, I must... He said, Eddie, you can't. You really take a chance. It's a terrific chance. You're... Got a fever of 104. We don't know where it's coming from. If we knew where. Uh, oh, sure, you could laugh. <laughs> if you would have 104, I would send you up some matzo balls, believe me. <laughs> then you'd have 105. <laughs> so, Rudy Valley took my... And I'll never forget it. I, I was lying in bed, and I had a little uh, portable radio right by my bedside. And when Rudy Valley got the whole audience to sing, I love to spend this, you know, 
I want to tell you, I cried. I, I really did. Tears streamed down my face. I was lying there thinking, here was Rudy Valley getting the check which I would have got had I been able to go. Well, I'm sentimental that way, you know. And show you the type of a guy this Rudy Valley is. The last time he was here, which only a few weeks ago was broadcasting, we played a benefit uh, performance together. Played a benefit performance together at Madison Square Garden. Had a terrific show. And I was living out of the country. Rudy Valley says, Eddie, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Why go out in the country? You've got to get up early tomorrow. Why don't you come to my apartment? And ladies and gentlemen, such an apartment that I, I finally went. You have never seen 115 Central Park. Where, oh, done in the most exquisite stuff. Sometime if you're around the neighborhood, I want you to go up and see Rudy Valley's apartment. <laughs> the most exquisite tapestries on the wall. You should see the tapestries on the wall and the garbage on the floor. You have never... <laughs> And we had something to eat. We had something to eat. We brought, he brought us some things from the Frigidaire. Cold chicken. I love cold chicken. I mean, a cold chicken you must never eat when there's anybody around. You know what I mean? You grab a hold of a polka. You know, you give it a thing. You know, you don't have to worry about who's... You see? And then he brought out something to drink. A thing called vodka. Did you ever drink that vodka? Oh, two drinks. I hollered, hooray for Hitler. Oh! Oh, such a thing you have... An inside hot foot. That's what you get with that vodka. <laughs> so it got to be about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I said, Rudy, I've got to go to bed. I've, really, I'm, I'm all, I've got to go to He said, Eddie, before you go to sleep, I'd like to show you my collection of pajamas. And such a collection of pajamas, I give you my word, you have never seen. <laughs> one pair. One pair of pajamas he got when he was out in California, in Bullock's Wiltshire. $125, Chinese silk, hand embroidered. Here he had a dragon embroidered. It was pretty dirty, must have been dragging on the floor there for months, you know? <laughs> then he showed me six pair, six pair that he bought in sacks, and he showed me a dozen pair he got from Paris, and six pair he got from, the, all in all, he must have shown me three dozen pair of pajamas. <laughs> and finally went to sleep in his underwear. How do you like a man like that? <laughs> and what? kind of underwear do you think Rudy Valley wears? I can tell you. You imagine wearing a little short one? Cute? No. Oh, he'd be great. He wears what you call in French, long drawers. Right now, they, you know, those with a flap over here, you know. Any male, you know. I don't want you to think I'm knocking because I love Rudy Valley. I think I'll sing again. What have we got here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Here is a... Would you hold my gum? <laughs> Here is a song that I've been singing, ladies and gentlemen, for too many years, but I so enjoy singing. It gives me such a great kick. I hope you feel the same way about it, called Dust Off the Old Piano. We go. Right. Oh, Susanna, dust off the old piano. My hands are reaching for those keys. Our troubles will go winging The moment we start singing All our favorite melodies We'll get the gang around That used to hang around And when the neighbors hear us singing Sally They'll forget about Rudy Valley Oh, Susanna I let you sing soprano Dust off the old piano tonight do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, that's the scale everybody ought to know how to play from do to do. 
There is nothing finer than a minor strain. It's the kind of melody gets a lot of sympathy. A chord in C is beautiful. I heard somebody say it. A chord in G is wonderful. According to the way they play it. Oh, Susanna, the stolfy old piano. My hands are reaching for those keys. It's been so many, many ages since we last turned the pages of our favorite melodies. We'll get the gang around that used to hang around. And when the neighbors hear a singing penna, they'll forget about a candidate tenor. Oh, Susanna, take off your old bandana. Dust off the old piano tonight. to give her a nickel. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, in the last three or four years, I've had the good fortune to be invited to many uh, universities throughout the country. Say, tell me something about the boys leaving. Can they stay here? How long? All right, Johnny? Thank you. I want you to meet, ladies and gentlemen, one of my very good friends, very fine violinist, and the man who makes it possible for us to have this orchestra, Johnny Augustine. Johnny, get up and say You have to do that, you know, or they send an extra bill. Well, anyway, here's... <laughs> Going around to the various universities, I've been speaking to the youth of this country, and it's most important that we do speak to them, because if you don't speak to them, they'll do something about what we've done to their country, you know, because we old guys, we kind of move on, you know. This, these fellas inherit this whole business, you know, everything. So, anyway, after these talks, uh, uh, somebody usually comes up to me and says, Ken, I wish you'd told us something about... Uh, radio, what happens when so-and-so goes down, or what happens in Hollywood about this person. And so, uh, in the past uh, few seasons, I've asked the audience at the broadcast to ask me questions about uh, things that are on their mind that perhaps I could answer. And I'd like to take about 10 minutes, maybe seven or eight minutes, to do it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask me from where you are, uh, I'll consider no question too personal. I'll try to answer anything that you want me to answer. And I promise not to make sport of you. So if you have anything on your mind, just raise your hand so I know where you're seated. And, and, and we, we, we'll try to have some fun. This is not a quiz or anything, you know, because I'm not, I'm no Clifton Fatterman. Gosh, I'm not even an Oscar Levant. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, you're going back a long ways. What'd you say? Oh, no, no, the stage, but I'll tell you what I'll do. If you like, before the show is over, I'll sing a couple of the old Ziegfeld songs, and we'll run up and down here. We'll do that for you, yes. <laughs> I promise, before we, before we quit, I'll do that for you, sir. Uh, who has a question? Yes, sir. Oh, God. If you know anybody who is interested, oh. It's the longest white elephant that anybody... Yes, sir. I'd like to ask you a question. Why is so much intolerance going down in this campaign? Don't you think we should be embarrassed and tolerant for the Christian method? 
That's right. I think you are right, sir. I think you're right, sir. But I don't think that this is the time and the place to go into a, a, a discussion of what goes on. Politics are a peculiar thing, especially on the American scene. And yet, I would much prefer to have our kind of politics with all of the smearing that we do, because all we smear is with mud, and in politics on the other side is blood, you know? So I think we really are. <clears throat> yes, miss? Oh, oh God. I, I shouldn't tell you, he killed her. No, we will have we will have we will have Harry Von Zell's lady friend with us next next Wednesday, a girl that's really hotter about Von Zell than I can tell you. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> if you you if you were using. If you were using Squibb's toothpaste because I was on the program, you must have made a mistake the first time because I was on the Pepico program. <laughs> so you've made two mistakes. One, using Squibb's, and second, talking about it. And now you can square the whole thing by going out tonight and buying a tube of Ipana, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> even I changed my mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, who? Uh, what did you say? I didn't hear you. I can't hear you. Who is the baby up there? It, it's Bobby Sherwood's little baby. Right, right in the window. Can we throw a spotlight? Can we throw a spotlight on the client's booth up there? Can you can you move the spotlight over to the client's booth? Or can't you? Here. Here's the baby. There you are. One child, an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Who else has a question? Yes, ma'am? When will who? When will I come back to the legitimate stage? Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you. Just as soon as I find a vehicle, some play, some musical show that excites me sufficiently. Right now, I'm so taken up with this radio and seeing the Dinah Shore gets a new, you know, so much work connected with that thing. But if something comes along, I'll, I'll be back, you bet. Who else? Yes, ma'am. May you please have my autograph? You may have your, my autograph, but I'll tell you what you do. If you will drop me a note and give me your name and your address and send it here to NBC, I'll send you an autograph picture. So you have both the autograph and my puss. And any time you don't eat your spinach, your mother will show you the picture and you run right, believe me. <laughs> uh, where else? Yes, ma'am? What happened to Bobby Breen? Bobby Breen, unfortunately, right now, is between voices. <laughs> he's in Hollywood. He gets up in the morning and he says, Mother, I'd like to have some conflict. You know, he's a tenant. He comes back, he says, who do you think bothers me today, you know? <laughs> so until his voice make up its mind where it wants to go uptown or downtown, you can't do a thing with him. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'll most likely make my next picture in January. I'm going to the coast in January and make a picture because it's been 
awfully hard. People walk up and down the street. I, I, go, to, I go to Union Square, I go to Columbus Circle. People are on soapboxes. They say, what we need in this country is more pictures. By I hear them speeches all the time. I have to go back. <laughs> There's a terrific demand from Ida. She needs a coat. <clears throat> Who? Yes, ma'am. How old is my grandson? My grandson was a year last Saturday. That's right. Year last Saturday. He took a train, came here by himself. <laughs> Smart kid, met a girl on the way to what happened. Who else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am? Yes, sir. Huh? Speak up. Speak up, young man. Oh, yes, yes. You tell him not to worry. I'll pay him. She's home. She's home. <laughs> Who else? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I don't know. Until he grows up to be as good as Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, uh, I'll be there this Sunday. The camp that this gentleman refers to is a camp that I was sent to uh, when I was... 10 or 11 years old up at Cold Springs, New York, and past few years we've been instrumental in sending quite a few thousand boys up there. It's a very, really one of the finest boys' camps in this country. Uh, who else wants to know what? Yes, sir. No, I don't think I will. I cannot be at the Nordic Club and at the camp at the same time because until you can arrange some kind of a scheme, you know what I mean? <laughs> I cannot be there. Who? Yes, ma'am. Do I have a stand-in? Oh, oh, yes. Oh. You know, when there are certain things that are dangerous to do, you always bring a stand-in. For instance, if I had to play a scene with Hedy Lamar, I'd have two fellows in my place. <laughs> I couldn't, I would die. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what we do. Bobby? I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna answer the request by this gentleman over here, and I want you to play me two choruses from some of the Ziegfeld songs that I've had. Uh, the choruses are marked in the book. The boys got them 19 and 20 with a nice tempo. Here are the two songs I think you remember from Ziegfeld days. We go. Margie, I'm always thinking of you, Margie. I'll tell the world I love you. Don't forget your promise to me. Cause I have bought the home and and every little thing for Margie You've been my inspiration days Are never blue And after all is said and done There is really only one Oh Margie, Margie, it's you If you knew Cute as a pup, 
Susie kissed me And she burned the darn thing up If you do, Susie Like I know I'm not I'm not the least bit winded I could sing You have been very nice, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your coming, even though you knew you weren't going to get a broadcast. I hope that the members of the company, the boys in the orchestra, myself, have pleased you, and I hope you listen in again next Wednesday. Good night, and God bless you. Each Wednesday with you, as friend to friend, I'm sorry it's true I'm telling you Just how I feel I hope you feel That way too Let's make a date For next Wednesday night I'm here to stay will be my delight to sing again ring again the things you want me to I love to spend each Wednesday with you